Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. The other day, believe it or not, I was driving to work and I was right around, I don't know, 42nd Street, 43rd, right in this area, and I was slipping through the channels on my radio. Now, my car has the uh, Sirius XM radio, so there's like 5,000 channels, I guess. I don't know. And I was just kind of flipping through to see what I had. And of course, you have the 80s on 8, and you have the 70s, and and, and then you also have uh, sports radio and talk radio. But but I came across, believe it or not, I came across a comedy channel. Now, again, I didn't even know I had the comedy channel, but nonetheless, I tuned in for just a moment, okay? And the comedian came on, which I've never heard of, but his name is, is Bill... Engval, okay, Engval, and uh, he just does a little short snippet of jokes, and I thought, that's very interesting. Now, listen, what he was saying was not only funny, but is actually quite eye-opening, okay? You know how the Lord speaks to you sometimes, you're just like, and you go, what do you mean? Well, he's had some success with his style of jokes in the punchline where he goes, and here's your sign, right? Here's your sign, and I was like, what? Okay, now, 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 in order to understand where I'm going, let me kind of tell you what uh, he says. He says, basically, here's what they are. They were jokes in which he describes a scene or even an event that's painfully obvious to what happened, but people, for whatever reason, couldn't get it. You guys know what I'm talking about? And so they needed a literal sign to tell them the truth to present the obvious, okay? So it's just kind of like that. You go, well, give me an example. Okay, well, so, so I'm driving, right? And I'm getting ready to come to work, and this comes on, and he says, he tells a story of how he and a friend had gone fishing, and they had just pulled up to the, basically up the boat up to the dock, and he lifted up a stringer of, full of bass, and some guy on the, de- on the dock says, hey, did you catch all them fish? And to which he replies, nope, I just talked them into giving up. And then the punchline is, here's your sign, right? It's like, okay, that's Captain Obvious. And I thought, wow, that's interesting, okay? Or, or he says this, he said he went, um, the other day he had a flat tire and he pulled in to the truck, he pulled his truck into the Walmart Tire Reef Center and the attendant walked out, looked at the truck and asked, tire go flat? To which he replied, nope, I was driving around town and the other three just swelled up right, right on me, right? And he's like, here's your sign, okay? And so I'm thinking about this, and I'm kind of chuckling, but then all of a sudden, the Lord begins to knock on my heart, as he often does, and he says, hey, that's the title of your Easter message. And I said, God, you want me to get up there and tell jokes? And he's like, no, 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 no. He says, listen, we're living in a world, we're living in a day where the world has gone absolutely crazy, and yet there are people who just, well, they might need a sign, I was thinking about this in, in reference, here's your sign. I know he tells joke, but I was thinking about this in reference to shampoo bottles. You guys know what I'm talking about? You get in the shower, and I don't know if you know this, but they actually have a sign, and they give you directions. They tell you what to do with your shampoo, okay? And if, I don't know if you've ever read them, right? We get in the shower, and it's in a shampoo bottle, it says this. It says, lather, rinse, and repeat, now, none of us follow those directions because we'd still be in the shower rinsing and lathering and rinsing and lathering. But nonetheless, guess what? It's directions. And yet we don't follow. Anyway, here's the point. 
The point is, we're living in a world that's gone absolutely crazy. I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I, I really don't. I, I mean, think about, think about what's going on. Okay? Think about what's going on in our little world. You go, what's that? We're living in a day where the world, I mean, it's just nuts. We're under what they call a stay-at-home mandate from our governing authorities. Okay? From the president to the governor to the pope, y'all need to stay at home. Now, again, I mean, I'm just like, wow. Now, I jokingly, now it's just a joke, okay? Don't email me. It's just a joke. I call it, I call it, we're under house arrest. Okay, I, I mean, we, you just can't go anywhere. You're under house arrest unless you go in for groceries or, or, or anything else. But it's not really all that bad, is it? It's not really all that bad. Why? Well, um, I've got a lot of, I've done a lot of work around the house. Okay, things that my wife had wanted me to do that I hadn't had a time to get to. And so I've hurt myself in the process. I fixed a gate. I've done a few little other things. So it's not that bad staying at home. Now, Another thing that's really interesting, and you guys know this, is that we're, 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 we're mandated to, to, to stand six feet apart. And again, I referenced this earlier in the announcements, guys. We know all about the air guitar back in the 80s, right? We all love to play the air, or, or the air drums, right, Alex? Always got to play the air drums, but now we've got to do air hugs, which is really weird. I'll tell you why. Because that's not how God created us. God created us to be affectionate, to hold, to hug, to high-five, to... Shake hands. And now we can't even fist bump or anything else. And so that's a weird time. That's just kind of strange. And I know you at home are going, that's right. It is, it, it, it is weird. I mean, one day we're going to be telling our kids, right, Jesse? We're going to be telling our kids, you know, remember the time where we couldn't hug? And they're like, yeah, that was weird. I mean, this is, this is, this is what we're living in. Okay. What about this? What about we're, we're, we're living on uh, in a time where in certain areas of the world, you have to wear a mask or else you could be fined. I go to the grocery store here. I don't know if you do. I go to the grocery store here and uh, the people who have masks look at me weird because I'm not wearing one. And then I just feel really just self-conscious like maybe I should. Okay. So then I pull my shirt over my head. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But you know what I'm saying? We just feel weird. We feel weird about it. And you, Pastor, can you get to the point? Yes, let me get to the point. We're living, and I've said this over and over, we're living in unprecedented times. And yet so many people still in the world, listen to me, you still feel lost. You're sitting home alone. And you're lost. You don't know what's going on or why it's happening, and you, and you feel lost. Some of you still feel empty inside. A lot of you feel scared, and i got to be honest with you, there are many of us who are afraid to die. And a lot of people can't see, listen to me, this is the beginning of the end. This is what God has been preparing us for all this time. He's been setting up, he's been giving us his word, and he's been pleading, and he's been showing us signs of what's to come. And so the Lord spoke to me ever so gently, And he said, Ben, we're in a season that is painfully obvious about what's happening around the world. You need to tell my people the truth. 
You need to be able to offer hope to the hopeless. Courage to those who are fearful and to show light in a dark world. Let me see how many of you are with me. I can't see your hand. I can't see you raise your hand or anything. But how many of you have been able to witness in a way that you've never been able to witness before? Because people ask you, they're like, what's going on? And you're able to share, hey, I was talking to my brother. Hopefully he's watching online. I tried to set him up via phone, but I was talking to my brother yesterday. And I said, hey, man, this is more, this is deeper than just a virus. This is deeper. And he's like, well, how so? And we talked, we, we spent a good 20 minutes talking about how deep and how spiritual this is. Okay? And, and so that was a great conversation, and I got a chance to share a little bit. So that's what the Lord put on my heart. So... If you're taking notes, okay, if you're taking notes, here's what I want you to do. Um, The title of my message is, Here's Your Sign. For today, we discover that the Apostle John will once again, at the end of his life, what he's going to do is he's going to give us three solid signs of who Jesus is and who he said he was. Okay, not to mention, we've spent the last four weeks talking about the incredible sign of the resurrection of Jesus. But John is going to give us, he's going to give us three signs. Now remember, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we've just spent the whole chapter talking about the bodily resurrection of Jesus, where Paul lays out the foundation of the gospel, right? He says that Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, you guys with me? Fully God, fully, you understand that? Bankrupted heaven came down, okay, lived a sinless life, right? He died, they crucified him on a cross, on our stead, and I mean, think about this, guys. Think about this. Since it's resurrection, think about what, what he had to go through before the cross. We talk about the scourging, the cat of nine tails, the flesh being ripped off, the crown of thorns, blood everywhere. And he did that for us. And then he goes to a cross. He dies. He's buried. His lifeless body gets cold. But on the third day, all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. His heart's beating again. His eyes open up. He's alive. He's alive. And we talked all about that's the solid foundation of the gospel. And here's why it's important. The solid foundation of the gospel is so, so crucial because it gives us hope. Why? Because the same spirit, okay, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, first of all, lives in us. And that's where we can have victory. And so even today when you're going, man, I'm frightened, I'm alone, I'm scared, I'm afraid to die, the Holy Spirit in you can give you peace. He lives in us, so I want to encourage the church. But also, guys, it means that we're about to be transformed. We're about to be changed. We're going to have, we're going to raise, right? And we talked all about that. So again, That's where we are. But see, John says, okay, so I'm going to take what Paul said, and I want to give you some more signs. I want to make sure you're, I want to make sure you got it. So, 1 John chapter 5, let me give you some background so you understand who's writing this. In the Gospel of John, John, the apostle, wrote the Gospel of John, okay, and then he wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then he wrote Revelation. So John is just amazing. But here's what we learned in the Gospel of John. Let me give it to you real quick. In the Gospel of John, he gave a sign after sign after sign. And we did a series here just a few, uh, about a year ago called Simply Jesus. And it was just all about Jesus, sign after sign, right? And what were some of the signs that we learned? Well, we learned that they said, hey, Jesus is God. 
That's the very first thing, okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we learn that Jesus, and then in verse 14 it says, and he became flesh and tabernacled among us. So we know Jesus was God, right? And so we go, okay, there's your sign. Here's your sign, okay? We, we saw a sign later on that he actually turned water into wine, People freaked out, right? It's just like, wow, the start of his ministry, boom, here's your sign. We see that Jesus heals the sick. There were many times when my Jesus was so tired of ministry, and yet people were coming to him, and the Bible says he had compassion on him, that he stayed up way past the midnight hour healing people and ministering to them. Here's your sign. That's what we learn in John. Well, In today's teaching, we learn of the solid signs of who Jesus really is. Okay? Why? Well, you're going to take notes. Jot this down. First and foremost, we must understand that he is God in the flesh to save us from our sin. To save us from our sin. That is so key. Why? Because there's many people watching that are just struggling with their lives right now. There are many people watching that are going, okay, I'm not really sure. How, I'm just, I, I don't know. And, and, and here's, the biggest, here's the biggest worry and the biggest frustration. Jesus Christ were to come back for his church right now, spoken of in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Many people are frustrated because they go, I don't know if I would go. I don't know if I would be raptured. I don't know. I'm scared. And and Jesus came to save us from that, from our sin. But he's also, number two, God in the flesh, guys, where he came to bring us grace and peace in our lives. See, the Bible says that he gave us what? He came to give us life and life more abundantly. And sometimes we take that word abundantly and we go, oh, joy abundantly means I'm going to have everything I've ever wanted. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be happy. That's not what it means. It means being able to have peace in your life in the midst of storms. And you and I, were crying out right now to God and saying, God, take away the storm. Bring us back to normal. God, please. And yet God goes, no, no, no. Here's the peace. I am with you in the midst of the storm. And so while we're all stay at home and we're all social distancing and we're all doing this, we still have this unbelievable peace because of Jesus, nothing else. And so people look at us and go, man, you all are weird. How come you're not wearing a mask? How come you're not freaking out? And we go, because we have the peace of Jesus in our heart. And that's what I want to give you today. That's the point of the resurrection, the peace of Jesus. Now, you're taking notes, you can just jot this down. John, right now, as he writes this, he's about 90 years old at the time of the letter. And remember, John is the only one of Jesus Christ's original apostles not to be murdered by the Roman government. Okay? So understand that. Understand that when we chose to follow Jesus, it is not an easy path. Can I get an amen? It's not an easy path. Oh, give your life to Jesus and everything's going to be super smooth. You're going to have a four-lane highway, no bumps, no potholes, nothing. It's going to be glorious. It's not. It's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. It could be stressful. It could be frustrating. There are spiritual attacks. 
there's, a, there's an old hymn that we used to sing when I first got saved. I love this hymn. It ministered me. And basically what it was is it goes something like this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus face to face. And don't you think, I mean, think about it. All this trials, all the stuff you're going through, all the, all the, all the yuckiness in, in life is going to be worth it when you get to see your Savior face to face. And the trials, man, they're going to seem so small. Hey, Amanda, how did you suffer for Jesus? Well, I had to stay home. And I couldn't hug. And, and, and we would go, oh, that's, that's silly. And the toilet paper, it was out of the shelves. Now, I'm not making light. This is a very serious thing, okay? But in light of eternity, in light of who Jesus is, okay, I'm going to stay focused. Stay focused, Ben. John was the only one that wasn't murdered. Not that they didn't try. Guys, not that they didn't try. Remember, John was, what was his passion? His passion was to develop true followers of Jesus. That was his passion. And the Roman government was like, dude, 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 no, 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 no. We don't want you to preach Jesus, okay? So tradition says, quit preaching Jesus, or we're going to boil you in oil. And so they tried to kill him. Now, listen, I can think of a hundred different ways that I'd rather die than to be boiled in oil, okay? I'm serious. Now, tradition tells us, the Bible doesn't tell us, but if that's true, wow, but he didn't die, he didn't die. And so they're like, man, we can't, I mean, this is, this is really cool. We, we tried to murder him. We tried to murder him for making disciples of Jesus. And this dude is just amazing who didn't die. So you know what they do? They eventually, what? The Roman government banished John to the island of Patmos, which was, what was, which, which was a blessing for us. Why? Because that's where he wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there he is in the middle of the So I, I guess in some ways, John got quarantined, didn't he? to the island of Patmos, and he wrote Revelation. Whoa, what does God want to do in this time? I don't know. I don't know, but that's cool. Hey, just a little nugget of encouragement, right? Just a little nugget of encouragement. Now, before being banished to the island of Patmos, you guys remember, he wrote these books. He wanted to encourage us. That's what he wanted to do, okay? And so he served as the overseer of the churches in Asia Minor. Well, Again, you got your notepads out. If you're taking notes, John is writing this letter for three major reasons. I need to give them to you. In 1 John 1.4, he says, we are writing this that our joy may be complete. I love that. Why? Because it was Wednesday night that Pastor Soph was sitting here, and he said, listen, one of the biggest things that we're lacking in a time of just uncertainty is joy. And John says, hey, I wrote this letter that you can have joy, that your joy may be complete. Okay, and I think about this, and I love it. Why? Because John says, listen, I want you to have great joy. Now, notice what he didn't say. I want you to have great joy, and nothing ever is going to go wrong in your life. He says, no, even in the midst of a storm and a trial and a tribulation, whatever it might be, I want you to have my joy. That's why he wrote this letter. The second thing we write, he writes is found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I'm writing this to you that you may not sin. That's why he writes this, right? And what he's reminding us, church, listen, is that you and I would not live in what we call habitual or continual sin. And so many people throughout the years have come to me and go, Pastor, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but I'm under grace. And, and it's that habitual and continual sin. And God's going, no, 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 no. That's not what I want my children to do. I want you to walk 
in grace and mercy. And I want you to repent of those things and follow me. So he's writing so that we may not sin. And then the third thing he writes, guys, in this book is found in chapter 5, verse 13. He says, these things I have written to you that you may know that you have eternal life even unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, as I was dwelling on this, guess what word jumped out? Believe. Believe. Because there's a lot of people that go, I believe. There's a lot of people that go, I read the Bible. There's a lot of people who go, well, I believe in, and, but he's going, no, 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 listen. He says, I'm writing this so that you know that you're secure, that you have eternal life because you believe. And that word believe, guys, is so deep. It's actually the word that John employs is it's just knowing, it's trusting, and it's with confidence of who Jesus is. It's not just going, man, I breathe today. I think I believe in something other than, no, it's really putting your faith and trust in what, in who Jesus is. And where does that come from? That comes from the resurrection of Jesus. This is who he is. And so again, he's saying, I want you to believe. Here, here's my heart. My heart is, I want you tonight, today, guys, to know that you have eternal life and that your eternal life is secure. Even in the midst of a world that seems to be falling apart, you're not because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Now, we come to chapter 5. We'll move pretty quickly on this, but I want to show you. Um, in verse 6 through 8, the, the, the verses are difficult to understand. Okay, at first read, you're kind of going, what is he talking about? But when we break it down and we unpack it, uh, let me tell you this, church, it gives us great confidence in the faith. How so? Well, look at verse 6 of 1 John chapter 5. It says, this is he who came by water and blood. Who is it? Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. And there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, the blood, and these three agree as one. Guys, your attention, please. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I've given you signs. Here's your sign. Okay? I've, I've shown you signs in heaven, and I've shown you signs on earth. Okay? But in order to fully understand what John is trying to teach us, we have to have the Jewish mindset. Okay, you go, how so? In the Jewish mindset, a testimony was accepted only of two or three witnesses could agree on the facts. If one guy said, yeah, man, I saw this happen, and the other guy's, nah, we, they, they would throw it out. They would throw it out. You had to have two or three witnesses to really agree on the facts. Okay, and you go, what does that mean? Well, they're basing this on Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, where it says, one witness is not enough to convict a man accused of any crime or offense that he may have committed. The matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So that's where they're getting that from. So John going, okay, the mindset is I've got to have two to three witnesses, right? So what does he do? He calls on three witnesses who are they? The water, the blood, and the Holy Spirit. And I, I mean, that's kind of a strange combination to call, 
right? That's kind of like, hmm. But we have to do some work, okay? Why? Because some when people look at this, they sort of understand this, uh, and, and they'll go, oh, okay, so verse 6 is actually a reference to John 19, verse 34, where it says, and do you remember when Jesus was on the cross, guys, do you remember? And one of the soldiers went up, and what did he do? He stabbed him, and instead, it says, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus in the side, bringing out a sudden flow of blood and water. They go, oh, okay, so he's referring to when Jesus was on the cross. And others go, no, 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 no. It's more of an Old Testament concept of water and blood was was used in, in, in purification. And then others go, no, 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 no. You know what it is? This refers to the ordinances of baptism and communion. Okay? So baptism being in the water and communion in the blood, that's what it means. Right? And again, those are all good. I'm not arguing against those, but I need to give you context. And you go, what's that? Remember who John's writing to. He's writing to combat the Gnostic heresy that mistakenly taught that that the Spirit, right, Christ, descended on Jesus at his baptism and then left him before he died on the cross. Now you go, well, what is that? Well, this is important because they claim if that happened, then Christ didn't experience death. And if Christ didn't experience death, then how could he be risen? And so that was a Gnostic teaching. And so you go, oh, so John's going, no, 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 I need to dispel that. That's not truth. So what does he do? He calls on three witnesses. Who are they? He says the water, the blood, and the death on the cross. Okay? So let's break it down. Okay? The very first thing he says, let's talk about the water. What is he talking about the water? Well, in order to, to, um, combat the Gnostic teaching, he says, let's talk about the water. And he says, this is refers to the beginning, guys, or the introduction of Jesus' earthly ministry at basically his baptism. Mark chapter 1, 9 through 11 says this, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw heaven's parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then the voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. Now you guys know this, okay? You know this. Jesus was born of a virgin, okay? Mary, okay? He grew up. He grew up in Nazareth, Okay, if you go to Israel, there's a little place where they, they, they actually built a church where they believe is over the house of where Mary and Joseph lived. And this would be the streets that Jesus ran around and played as a little boy. But at the age of 30, he began his public ministry. And he began his public ministry by what? By being baptized, not like us. We're baptized in identification, that, but he's being baptized as far as prophetically. This is where he starts as God. Now, he's always been God. This is the public ministry. Witness number one, let's talk about the water. Oh, okay. Then he says witness number two, right? Because because he could look at the crowd and said, here's your sign. Because people would go, oh, yeah, I remember that. And he says, now the blood, what does that refer to? The blood refers to the, the close of his earthly ministry. Where, guys? On the cross. Okay? On the cross. First and foremost, think about this. When Jesus died, guys, when Jesus died, his blood paid the penalty for our sins. Now that's good news. Here's why. 
Okay, let's, let's talk reality. In a world that is uncertain, our governing authorities are making decisions. We're, we are, are complying. We're trying to obey them. We're trying to make sure that nobody gets sick and all of that, right? There's still this, this fear that this is somehow biblical and this is somehow, this is something's going on. And I need to have the peace that Jesus died for my sins. And here's what's scary. Here's what we do. Okay, can we can we be truthful in church? Okay, here's what's scary. What's scary is we tend to start thinking of everything that we did or didn't do for Jesus in hopes that's enough if he's going to come back today. And and is it enough? It's never enough, right? There's no no matter what. Well, listen, I'm I'm putting my faith and trust that that I've been a pastor here for well, I've been a pastor here for 15 years, 16 years, but before that I was a listen. That's not enough. It has nothing to do with that. And so the fact that Jesus died and his blood cleansed me from all unrighteousness, that's where I need to stand. That's where I need to stand. And so it's very, very important. Why? Because his death, guys, was the real, and God accepted it, his sacrifice as what? As our substitute so that our sins can be forgiven. If you want peace in your life, you need to know that when God looks down at you, that he sees Jesus. Jesus himself actually declared that when he said in John 19, verse 30, when he said, it is finished, it's done. There's no other thing you have to do. Don't you just love that? Could you imagine if Jesus was on the cross and he says, hey, it's kind of finished, I hope, good luck. Now you got, now it's up to you, ball's in your court. He didn't say that. He said, it is completely finished. It's done. I want to encourage you guys. I want to encourage our church. Because because it's finished. Your faith and trust is in him. It's done. But pastor, I struggle in my daily life. I Sometimes my husband gets on my nerves. Sometimes my wife is just really just a, a booger. It's, it's about your sins being forgiven. He said, it is finished. It is finished. I like what Charles Ryrie says, and he says it like this, and I quote, Jesus proved himself to be the Christ, the Messiah, at his baptism and by pouring out his soul to death. Okay? And so we would say, not in a comical way, but we would say, here's your sign. Here's your sign, right? That's what God spoke to me. He said, listen, Jesus, okay, he proved, he proved he was fully God and fully man at his baptism and at his death. Here's your side. So why, why, church, are we running from that? Why? I'll tell you why. Listen to what the believer's um, Bible commentary says. It says, it seems that the human heart is perpetually, okay, trying to rid itself of the doctrine of atonement. How so? Well, men would like to have the Lord Jesus as a perfect man, an ideal example who had given marvelous code of morals, right? Do you guys remember Charles Templeton who said that? He's a great man. He's a great man to follow. This He gave us a marvelous uh, code of morals. This is how we should live. But he never said that Jesus was God. But that's what, that's what our hearts want. That's what our hearts want. 
John says, no, no, no. He teaches us that the Lord Jesus is not only the perfect man, but the perfect God as well. And then John introduces us to the third sign, right? What's that? He says, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I need you to do. Put on your thinking caps, okay? The water and the blood, you guys with me? The baptism and the cross, okay? Here, jot this down. These are external and historical witnesses of Jesus. External. Everybody nod your head. You're like, you're with me, okay? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the third sign, but it's internal, and it's a personal witness. You're like, wow. See, without his work in our lives, we would not believe or be born again or be able to change our behavior. You guys tracking with me? Again, so you've got, you've got an external baptism. Here's Jesus started. You've got an external cross, the blood. But the third sign is that the Holy Spirit is living inside you. How do I know? How do I know? Because there's no way. Listen, how many times in your life have you tried to change? I'm going to change. I need to change. I don't like who I am. And only to go back to who you were. It's only when the Holy Spirit comes inside you when you accept Jesus that the change is from the inside out. And all of a sudden, you're thinking different. You're behaving different. The way you used to look at life is different. And so now you're just like, wow, something's really changed. And, and you know who notices it? Your friends. Yeah, you used to be the one. Whoa, what's happened to you, man? You used to be the one that used to party all the time. You used to live the vida loca. Come on, man, what's going on? You've changed. And you're like, wow, you noticed. And not that we're what? Not that we're front row, holy rollers, sitting in the front of the church, self-righteous, but that there is a genuine change in our lives that people notice. That is, here's your sign. That's your sign. Listen, if you want to know if you're saved, you'll know that the Holy Spirit is inside you. You're like, okay, okay, Holy Spirit, right? Well, how so? Well, Paul, guys, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, he writes in Romans 8.16 about the presence of the Holy Spirit being proof of salvation. What does he say? He said, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Think about this. How many of you have doubts in your life at times? Ah, oh, I don't know. Ooh, I'm not talking about doubts. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit going, yes, you have that peace and that joy that you are God's. You are God's. Listen, I know at times that we kind of get freaked out. I know at times that we kind of go, listen, I, I, man, I hope, I, I hope I'm going to make it in the rapture, Lord Jesus, please. And, and then somebody comes out and says, you need to understand that you have nothing to do with your salvation. God provided it all. All you have to do is believe. And that brings such joy. Okay, because then, because that spirit goes, yeah, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. And I went, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So remember, what does he say? He says, okay, so let me give you your sign. You guys ready? Here's your sign. Verse seven, for there are three witnesses in heaven. Who are they? The Father. The Word and the Holy Spirit. There's three signs in heaven. Okay? These are one. But in verse 8, he says, now, 
there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three gr- agree as one. So he said, okay, so, so we go, huh? He goes, here's your sign. It's, it's really, here it is. We have three solid witnesses in heaven, and we have three solid witnesses here on earth. How do I know? Church, I have been to the place where they baptized Jesus. I have seen the Jordan River. I've been in the Jordan River. It exists. I have been to the place where they say that my Lord was crucified. You see, it's not in some book where I can't go. It's not in some, it's not some myth where it's like, ah, well, they said this Jesus died, but I have been to that place. I have seen the Bible come alive in the land of Israel. I know it. It's there. And so I believe the water, the blood, but I believe the Holy Spirit. How do I know? I'm looking at a handful of people in the room, and if you've been ever been here long enough, you've heard Pastor So's testimony, how where he used to be and how God changed him. You you know that. Okay? There's a lot of us who go, you don't understand who I was. I was talking to a friend of mine in my garage yesterday. Okay? Yes, we were six feet apart. Calm down. Everybody don't. Everybody breathe. We were six feet apart, okay? But he was saying how a few years ago, people would have probably written him off on how his, how his lifestyle was. Somebody actually invited him to church, and he said, not on your life would I ever enter a church. And here he is today serving Jesus like no other. I think that only God can do that. Okay? And so I looked at him and I put my hand on my chin. So so how did you accomplish this? No, I didn't say that. Why didn't I say that? Because I know it's the work of God's Holy Spirit. Only God can do that. And what do I do? I glorify God. I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, the Bible goes on real quick. Look at verse 9 with me in your Bibles. He says, if we receive the witnesses of men, guys, check that out, the witness of God is greater. Man, this is like Captain Obvious, right? You, you go, you go, I'm not sure what, what he's saying. Well, let me read it all and then we'll come back. For this is the witness of God that he had testified of his son. He who believes in the son, listen, has the witness himself. He who does not believe that God has made, has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given his son. Let's go back to verse nine. Okay. He says, if we receive the witness of men, should not be the witness of God be greater. You go, pastor, I'm not sure what he's saying. You and I, in our day and age, we accept and we believe the testimony of people all the time. Okay. Whether, what, what is it guys? Whether the doctor comes in the room and says, here's your diagnosis. Whether the mechanic is telling us that our car is a mess, whether we trust, now listen, this is key, where we trust the pharmacist to put the right pills in the bottle, we believe witness, we believe they're the truth. We're like, okay, I, I trust you, okay? And he says, we do that so often. And this blew my mind. Why? Because, let me give you an example. I read on Friday, guys, about a CBS, now listen, a CBS News report, okay, they actually ran it on CBS about a nurse who was basically crying 
that they didn't have masks in the hospital and the hospital was not providing them any mask and they're going to get the COVID-19 and she's going off. I mean, it is like a five minute video. Oh my gosh. And they, how could they leave us like this? And she's crying out only, listen, and CBS picked it up and ran it. Only to come and find out that it was fake news. That somebody, right, the, the lady, according to the article, hadn't been, was a nurse, but she hadn't been at a, at a hospital. She hadn't been working for over a year. And in her previous, and so, if she, so you do a little, and you go, Pastor, what's the point? Here's the point that I want to bring out. There's a lot of people who believe that. And they straight got upset. We, we need to have masks. What are we doing? This thing is going crazy. And the Lord says, listen, if you believe testimony of man, He said, we should, we should far greater believe the testimony of God. That's what he's talking about. See, the father declared who the son was several times. The father says, he who believes in the son has the witness in himself. What does that mean? When we believe on Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit as inner confirmation of our standing before God. Think about this. Think about people, and I love you to death, but think about people who have, who have thought church attendance was going to be their ticket to, to, to heaven. And now we can't even meet in church. You see, because the Lord says, no, no, no. You want to know how you're saved? The Holy Spirit in you. Well, what about those who don't believe? And here's, what, here's where my appeal to you, right? Here's what it says. He who does not believe God has made him a liar. When we refuse to believe on Jesus, we reject the testimony of God given to a son. Therefore, we call God a liar in our unbelief. So what should we have? Well, here's the whole, here's the whole crux of the Resurrection Sunday, okay? That we would have assurance we would have assurance of life in the Son. How so? Well, look at verse 11. It says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Let's unpack it really, really quick, okay? Let's unpack it really quick because we're about to close. God has given us eternal life and life is in his Son, Jesus. Okay? Death, burial, resurrection, that's a good place for an amen. Why? Because this is God's, notice, essential message to men. That eternal life is a gift from God received in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. It's that simple. Now, this next part is what breaks my heart. You go, how so, pastor? Notice what he says. He who has the Son has life. And you go, amen. But he says, he who does not have the Son does not have life. John is looking at you at this moment in time, and he writes, and if you have Jesus, if you put your faith and trust in him, you have life. And that's what I want to encourage the church. I want to encourage you today. Rejoice in the fact that you have life. 
Okay, those of you that are home with your spouses and your loved ones and your family, just give them a hug and enjoy today. You have life. But can I talk to you who don't, who, who, who don't have the son? Because he says you don't have life. You don't have life. See, salvation is simple because Jesus did all the work. Salvation is free because he paid the price for your sins. And it is a gift, and all you have to do is receive it. Because we are sinners, we can trust him for our salvation, and we can also trust him for the stresses of our lives. I want to close with this, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Here's your sign. When I first got saved at 17, God gave me a dream. And when God gives you a dream, sometimes you think, well, maybe I had too much pizza the night before, or maybe it was weird. But, but this dream was a recurring dream. And it's been a dream, guys, I've been serving the Lord for 37 years now. 37, I got saved at 17. 37 years, you don't have to do the mask. It means that I'm 53, okay, so everybody calm down. But here's the dream, okay? The dream was very vivid that I still remember it today. I remember it today because I remember standing on a platform much like this. It was the, it was a, a, the back end, uh, the bed of a truck. And, and what's really crazy is I was dreaming that I was in my front yard of the house that I grew up in. Okay. And for some reason, there were people everywhere. Now, this truck seemed to extend forever because as I was preaching the gospel, and I didn't know much about the gospel at the time, I had just gotten saved. But I knew that Jesus died on the cross. I knew, I knew. And so what I would do is I would tell people the gospel. I would share just like I did now. I said, here's your sign, man. Jesus loves you so much. And then people would accept that. And I remember pulling them into the truck. And as I pulled them into the truck, I would continue. And I remember in my dream that there was somebody to my right. And I could see them. I could see them even right now. And their hands are crossed and they're listening, but they're not receiving. Okay, their hands are crossed and they're like, okay, I'll listen to you again. I'm not sure if I really believe this. And I remember looking at him, and then as I saw, as I panned out, I saw, I saw hundreds of people. And as I began to give an invitation and say, man, Jesus wants to save you. He wants to pull you in the truck. He wants to, he wants to give you eternal life. Many would come. Many would come. The thing that broke my heart is many didn't. You go, Ben, what was that dream? Well, that dream was a lifelong vision from God to me, okay, to tell you about Jesus, to shoot straight with you. Guys, all week long I've been thinking about what I would say if this was my last message. 
what I would say to you with as much love as I have in my heart, what would I say? And I would get on my knees and I would beg you to repent of your sins, to turn and come back to Jesus. There's, there's no one like him. And Paul says, guys, Paul says, remember, he says, man, this is, this is, this is why we were in jeopardy every hour. He says, this is why we're persecuted. Would I be doing this if I didn't believe? Listen, my job is to depopulate hell and populate heaven by showing you Jesus. That's what I want to do. So if this is my last message and this is Resurrection Sunday, here's what I want to do. Here's the deal. Listen, you need to come to Christ. Now, again, I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity, but here's the deal. Maybe you're watching. Maybe maybe you you're in the midst of this pandemic and and you still feel lonely. No matter what you do, you can't feel that that loneliness, you just feel alone. And you'll text some friends and you'll call people and you'll, you'll put on a movie to try to check out for a couple of hours, but, but really deep inside you're lonely. Or, or maybe you're just empty. Maybe you're just empty. And all your life you've tried to fill it with, with relationships and drugs and alcohol and and career and money and and you've tried to stuff it all in and you go man it doesn't satisfy you're still empty because Jesus is the only one that satisfies maybe as you're listening you're thinking man I'm guilty I'm guilty. I have not done right by God. I have lived my own life, and I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I have sinned against the God of heaven, and you are going through life feeling guilty about every little thing you do. Or maybe some of you that are listening to this via podcast or watching it right now, maybe you're just afraid to die. And that's okay, because there's a lot of people that are afraid to die. And... I'm here to tell you that Jesus came to heal all of those things. He came so you won't be lonely anymore. He came to fill you with his grace and his peace and his mercy. He came to fill you. And and if I could, I'm begging you. He came to take away your guilt and give you a brand new life. And he came to take away that fear from dying. For we know that dying is only a part of life. And heaven is a much better place. Now there might be some of you watching the same Ben. You were saying some things. You were saying, here's, here's Captain Obvious. Here's the sign. The world is crazy. Here's the sign. And um, I've come to realize, Ben, that I don't have a relationship with God. And i got to be honest with you, Ben. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know if I've ever had one. And while you were talking, some lights were going on. My heart was beating kind of fast. And that made me realize that I'm not a believer. 
and that I don't think I've ever accepted him. And to be real, and to be honest, I don't even know where to begin. I have no clue where to start, if I'm being honest. And Ben, I feel like I'm a million miles away from God right now. Listen, you may feel like you're a million miles away from God, but you're also just one decision from him as well. And you will find that God has been pursuing you with his relentless love today. It's no mistake you're listening. It's no mistake you're watching. God is pursuing you to hear this message. You go, why? Because I sincerely believe that God has brought you here today for this reason. Why? Number one, he wants to set your life on the right course. Number two, he wants to set your life upon the rock. And number three, he wants to make your footsteps firm. And I believe, no matter what's going on around us, I believe he wants you to realize why you were put on this earth. See, there's a plan and there's a purpose. But listen, apart from him, you're not in it. But today, if you'll surrender your life to him, you can walk in the center of it. You go, Ben, what, what must I do? Well, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to surrender your heart to Jesus. And you say, how? First of all, you must admit that you are a sinner and that you need a Savior. Second, you need to repent of your sins. In other words, you need to change your mind, your direction. Repent means you're walking one way and you're going to go back and you're going to walk the other way. You were walking with the world and you were hanging out with the world and you were doing whatever the world and culture told you. You said, no, 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 I'm done with that. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. And third, you need to accept him into your heart. In other words, with your faith and trust. Okay? And that's what we're going to do. Every Resurrection Sunday that we've ever had in this building, we've always offered an invitation and many people came forward to receive Jesus. Well, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. If you were sitting in this church, I would say, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to pray. And I want you to ask the Lord if he's speaking to you. And then I would say something like this, with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, pray for me? I want to, I feel like God is talking to me and I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And then I would say something like, hey, maybe you're, you're far from God. Maybe that you gave your life to the Lord so many years ago, but you've walked away, you're in a backslidden state and you want to come forward and I would ask you to lift your hands. And then I would pray for you. I'd say, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And then I would ask you to come forward and I would lead you in a prayer. Well, obviously we can't do that. So here's what I do. Via... Facebook, via our email at calvarylubbock at hotmail.com, I want you to tell me if you've prayed this prayer and you surrendered your life to Jesus. And, And even more, because our podcast goes out around the world, maybe you're not going to listen to this till tomorrow, maybe you're not going to listen to it till later, 
then drop us a line, send us a note. I still want to know. Virtually, I want to see your hands raised through the comments. You go, what do I need to do? It's really simple. If you'll just bow your head and pray this prayer and mean it with all of your heart. Okay, no turning back. And you would say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. There's no way, God, that I can find heaven without you. And your word tells me in Romans that if I believe with all of my heart and confess, that I'll be saved. And so, Lord, with that, I believe what Paul wrote. I believe your word, that Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, died for my my sins. And I believe that they buried him in a tomb, and he stayed three days, and then he came back to life. And I believe that a few days after that, he ascended to heaven, and he's sitting at the right hand of God right now, interceding for me. I believe he sent his Holy Spirit so that I could feel this, so that I could know that I'm not in a right relationship, and so that I could surrender my life to Jesus. So I admit that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sins right now. And I invite you to come into my heart. So Jesus, on a personal level, I ask you, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. On April 12, 2020, I choose to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If, we, if you prayed that prayer, please, we want to know about it. We want to rejoice with you. Listen, we even have some material that we can send you. We have a Bible and a Bible study guide, and, and we want to walk with you that. We just, we're just so excited that God has done that in your life. So please, please, even now, just tell us. Just tell us. To the church, you've got three signs. You've got what? You've got the water, you've got the blood, and you've got the Holy Spirit. Until we meet again, guys. Keep being the church. Keep loving each other. I love you. We all love you. We miss you. And we will see you on Wednesday. Love you. Have a great, great rest of the day. Let's worship. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.